Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. The Denver Broncos have decided to opt out of voluntary workouts and conditioning, a trend that we're now seeing with various other NFL teams following what's going on behind the scenes. Are all players in agreement with this decision? And how does this potentially impact the Broncos' preparation for the 2021 NFL season? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Broncos. And make sure you hit that follow button on your favorite podcast provider for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news content and coverage and subscribe to Cody Rourke NFL on YouTube. That channel is going to be transitioning to Locked On Broncos here in the very near future, folks. But we have a lot to talk about today as voluntary offseason workouts, something that we were all looking forward to the Broncos doing. It's not going to happen. And to join me to break down all the action, I'm joined by my good friend Patrick Keoti. And Patrick, this is a subject, you know, I feel like it's every day there's one subject, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. One subject will light Broncos Twitter on fire. The latest thing was the when the organization when they issued a statement, the NFLPA released the statement. We'll get we'll show you that here on the screen here in a little bit. That the Broncos have decided they will opt out. Players will opt out of the voluntary workout conditioning program that was slated to start on April nineteenth of next week. Before we get into all that, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. You know, just enjoying the nice weather that we're getting out here, and you know, just getting off of work and about to go head to the gym after this. So I, I'm, I'm living, I'm living. I love the Jenkins elite hat. And uh, you also yes, had sir. an appearance on Broncos country tonight on Monday evening to talk with the good friends, uh, you know, Benjamin Albright, Ryan Edwards. I thought you had a really great um, perspective on drew lock, which that was the subject that we talked about on yesterday's episode, lockdown Broncos. So I'm not going to ask you too much about that, but <laughs> I, I want to get your initial thoughts here because this is a huge topic of discussion right now. I think on social media, I think just for NFL teams. Now, the Denver Broncos were the first team to come out and say, hey, look, we are not doing voluntary workouts or conditioning. We have decided because there, there's just so much that hasn't been negotiated the right way that we don't feel like it is safe. And what NFL teams and what the Broncos meant is that they don't feel safe with 90 players being at the team facility, being in close gatherings when we've seen on social media, various players are in different parts of the country. <clears throat> Some people are coming out of country right now to come in country. So that obviously makes a lot of sense there. When we're talking about that, uh, the Seattle Seahawks followed suit and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, Tom Brady, he broke the rules last year, but seemingly not so much this year. What are your initial thoughts here on the decision for the Broncos to kind of set the trend here is that to not do voluntary team workouts? How big of a deal is it? Honestly, it's not that big of a deal. We see it happen every single year. Uh, individual guys, they they opt out of these things. It's voluntary, right? It, it is a voluntary thing. You can either come in or you can't either way. You're going to be there at the beginning of training camp, and that's where the real work starts. Uh, these uh, these OTAs, it's not uh, it's not really a big deal, and people are making it a, a much bigger deal than it needs to be. They're blowing this way out of proportion, guys. Guys that are veterans, they do this every single year. This is nothing new. The fact that the team is coming out and saying, you know what, we don't feel comfortable with the way that things are right now, especially with the COVID cases that are rising specifically in Colorado. I think this is the right move. This is more of a move to protect their families, you know, 
these guys are, yeah, they're going on vacation and that's, and that's fine, but they're also taking the proper steps to do that. And the proper steps when they come back, they're having limited gatherings with their teammates and they're doing certain thing, you know, they're out at top golf and, and, whatever but those are very limited gatherings when you're talking about having 90 just 90 players in an area at one time not even the coaches the assistants training staff whatever well over 100 at that point that's where things start to get dicey so i think for them saying you know we'll take these otas let's do a virtual offseason again we did it once let's (laughs) let's repeat it this year you know there are going to be those skeptics on twitter and we saw it oh, well, here's just another excuse for player XYZ. Well, it's more about the health than anything at this point. Yeah, and I think you make a great point, too. It's not just about the player safety. It's about, you know, their families, their safety as well, because not vaccinations aren't readily available to everybody just yet. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough to be fully vaccinated, which is awesome. Look, you know, I'm looking forward to being at training camp, but a lot of players aren't even vaccinated yet. But that's going to open up in the NFL, the NFLPA. They've talked about maybe incentivizing players that do get vaccinated. I'm not sure what that'll be yet. But Patrick, I want to pop up here on the screen here on the YouTube broadcast real quick. As it pertains to, let me get rid of this overlay here, as it pertains to the NFLPA, and it says a statement on behalf of Denver Broncos players, playing in the NFL is a dream of our players who work tirelessly year-round to perform in America's greatest game with off-season programs starting in less than a week and without adequate protocols in place in order for us players to return safely, we will be exer- you know, exercising our right to not participate in voluntary off-season workouts. COVID-19 remains a serious threat to our families and to our communities, and it makes no sense for us as players to put ourselves at risk during this dead period. Positivity rates in our city are higher than they were at this time last year, and we know players have been infected at club facilities in recent weeks. Despite having a completely virtual offseason last year, the quality of play across the NFL was much better than ever by almost every measure. We hope players across the NFL work with our union as we did to get all the facts so that every player can make an informed decision. Now, we're going to address that comment coming up here in a little bit about the quality of play around the National Football League. Going up to Mike Kliss's tweet, so he said, Brandon McManus and co-player reps Justin Simmons, Malik Reed, they talked to Broncos teammates over the past couple of days. They took a Zoom call with the NFLPA. The vote was taken, resulting in players not participating in on-field off-season workouts. And McManus' reasoning behind this, Patrick, says, we work out Monday through Thursday while players leave on the weekend. How do you test to come back into the building? People take vacations out of the country. They come back in and test positive, and they're amongst us. There's been nothing agreed upon. All the players are looking for is for a fair negotiation, and it hasn't been that way, which makes sense when we talk about the overall product right now of the National Football League, the NFL, the NFLPA, and their ongoing negotiation tactics. There isn't a protocol in place yet that safely addresses how players and how teams can come in. So we're going to get to that talking point coming up here in just a moment, Patrick, about whether or not the overall quality has improved. But I think it was really interesting to note there what Brandon McManus had said. Now, obviously, Broncos players were on that call, but not every Broncos player agreed. What kind of outcome, what kind of fallout could come of that? We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment, folks. But before we do that, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's a good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there, folks. You've heard me rave about it here on the podcast multiple times. Peanut butter brownie is one of my favorites. I like the churro puff. It's very tasty. It's a new flavor that's coming out at BuiltBar.com. 
But I love Built Bar Patrick because I'm very active in my day-to-day lifestyle. I've got a new lifestyle regimen, working out every day. But you know what? I love chocolate. And sometimes I love a little bit of a retreat from the day-to-day, you know, the healthy food there. But the thing about Built Bar is the Built Bar is the healthiest protein bar that's out there on the market. You know, amazing flavors, 18 of them to be exact, and new ones coming in every month. And the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And they're healthy. They're great for those who are health conscious like myself. They help you lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat. And I want listeners of Lockdown Broncos to get their hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15. That's one word, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Patrick, let's uh, let's get into this conversation a little bit deeper. This is the topic of the day. The Broncos aren't the only team, as I mentioned, that are affected by the decision to opt out of voluntary team workouts. But, you know, I think lost in this outrage that a lot of people are talking about, we're missing the word voluntary, right? You know, sometimes clubs incent, you know, incentivize it, you know, give some of these veteran uh, some days off in that, you know, where it doesn't count against them. Uh, but voluntary is completely voluntary. Now, the, the topic of discussion, I think a lot of people are talking about right now, Brandon McManus said it in his statement that despite having a virtual offseason last year, the quality of play across the NFL was better than ever by almost every measure. I feel like we can debate this and I've got some data points that I'll bring up. But Pat, uh, in your opinion, do you feel like when we watched games last year, not just the Broncos play, but every NFL game, do we feel like the quality of play from the offense, defense, special team side was a better product than what it ever has been. I, I'm a little skeptical, and I'll share my reasons here in a little bit. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. It, was it a a product of better play, or was it a product of worse officiating? Uh, who knows? I don't think it's really fair to say that because they did the virtual offseason, that play was automatically better. I think that you can go back and you can watch a lot of these games and you can see where the play really wasn't that great. It, it really wasn't all that it, you know, all that it is being cracked up to be by Brandon McManus. But I think he may have a point to where, you know, the virtual off season helped them in certain facets of the game. I mean, when's the last time that we saw McManus miss ex- multiple extra points and multiple field goals in a game? I, I can't even rare. remember that. But I, I think him bringing up penalties and, and things like that, I think that's just more of a, a laxed officiating. You can you can really go back and watch a lot of that film and see where uh, officials missed a lot of calls. They were letting certain things slide that probably wouldn't have uh, slid in, in other seasons. But I think to just directly correlate the two, I don't think that's a very fair statement. I think you can easily debate that. Well, let's let's put it on the microscope a little bit. You mentioned penalties, and, and I want to get to that first. Um, in 2019, okay, the NFL there were 4,278 total flags thrown on the field. 732 of those flags were holding calls. Okay, so that's that's a lot, right? That is a lot of holding calls um, when you factor in all the different penalties that there could be on the offense, defensive side of the ball. Um, in 2020. There were 3,499 total penalties, and only 477 of those were holding calls. Now, yes, holding calls were down at almost a historic rate, but the sample size wasn't as big, right? 2019, I'll go back to it, 4,278. 
2020, 3,499. I mean, as you mentioned, there were several times, even like, I felt like the Broncos offensive line got away with some holds sometimes. And how many times did we see Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed, uh, Broncos players, even Shelby Harris on the interior, how many times did we see them get held by standard when you look at the NFL textbook of here's what a holding call is? We saw that multiple times, no flag, right? So uh, the NFL officials were told by the NFL that they need to be a little bit more lax on it this year, not call as much because you can call it on that. But where we go into the science of this, we go all the way back to something like OTAs, right? The NFL canceled OTAs last year, obviously, due to the rise of the COVID pandemic. The NFL, the NFLPA, they had to really figure out a plan for players and teams to come into facilities and be safe and do their work. The Broncos really took that very serious. They did a really good job last season, in my opinion, especially leading up to training camp. But in training camp, and according to the new CBA as is, you are limited on the amount of contact that you can have, right? So what are you working? You're working fundamentals. You're working stance. You're, you're working against bags. You're not getting that necessary simulation. And with no preseason games, you don't get that tune-up either. So we saw an increase in injuries, I think, overall, just because the fact that you can have an adequate strength and conditioning program, which the voluntary offseason program, Pat, that provides that. You're at the team facility. You're going through your team's training program at the team facility with team equipment, stuff that you don't have to buy out of your own pocket with a $1,500 stipend that the NFL handed out to players last year. That, to me, I think was an issue. So I don't necessarily believe that the NFL product in terms of overall gameplay was better. I think things were lessened, right? The penalties were lessened. The microscope and how decisions were made on field were lessened. But from an overall play standpoint, we could even reference the Broncos. I think the Broncos, coming into that Tennessee Titans game, week one, I thought they did a really good job, especially against Derrick Henry. Um, but outside of that, the, the issue that I have is that we saw special teams struggle. We saw offenses, young offenses, maybe minus the Justin Herberts, but even they struggled at times. But we saw young offenses struggle, and we also saw special teams play be abysmal to start. And, and that's obviously because you don't get a lot of time to work on that in practice. And when you're working in the OTAs, the offseason portion, you're able to bring in your new guys in free agency, and you're able to work with them on, obviously, the language of your playbook and then going out and doing that, right? Being in the classroom with your position coach, going on the field and putting that to work. How much of an impact do you think that that can be you know, in a negative facet, I think maybe even for a second year in a row for one of the NFL's youngest teams? It can be detrimental. Uh, not being able to pick up Certain verbiage, we saw it last year. It, it was a big thing on Twitter. You know, Drew Locke, they had to, to shrink down the playbook because he couldn't get the verbiage of the of, of the playbook down. But I think that not having that time, not having those, uh, those hours to learn, especially when it comes to special teams, and we've talked about this before, special teams can win, can win you football games, it can lose you football games, not being able to... Uh, get those reps and, and understand your splits, understand your assignments. We saw it play out in real life, not having those guys in the facility for those voluntary workouts. It, it can hurt. It, it can be detrimental. The, the injuries were a huge thing last year, not being able to properly condition your body to strengthen your body to the, to the point where you're running full speed at another human being that is as big or bigger than you. These are all things that can hurt you on the football field. And we saw it firsthand. Some teams were able to push through it and succeed. Some teams weren't. And the Broncos, unfortunately, due to their youth and due to some other you know, unforeseen things like injuries, they weren't one of those teams that pushed through. So I would think that this would be one of those years where maybe they take a little bit more of a hands-on approach. But I still understand why they made the decision that they made. But with, with a young team that still is coming up and, and still needs this time to learn 
even if it's in a, a virtual setting, they need every second that they can get to get everything down because th this is a crucial time. You have a lot of guys coming into their second and third seasons in the NFL, and, and this is the time that they need to make that jump. I want to throw a couple things out, too, before we get into our next topic of discussion regarding this. Uh, you know, as a teacher myself, one of the things I've learned is that it's very hard. And students, you know, students that I've worked with, they're like, yeah, online learning is very hard. Having to learn all this remote is very difficult. Imagine what it's like for the players. I mean, we have parents complaining about, oh, you know, it's hard for my kids to learn online. Well, same thing for NFL athletes. Like not every NFL athlete learns better by being over a computer. A lot, you know, a lot of NFL players and a lot of people in general, a lot of them are hands-on learners. They either got to see it drawn up on a board. They got to go out and they got to execute it on the field. And I think that um, the conversation about players not doing the, the voluntary offseason program has created the idea that no player is going to come to the team facility and work. That's actually not true. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but not to mention the Broncos, even Drew Locke last year orchestrated a, you know, offensive sessions at local high school fields there, which is great, but you don't get the coaching points because your coaches can't be out there with you during that. Voluntary offseason program gives you a little bit of a different nature. You can work with your coaches. So I feel like that's going to be something that's going to impact Denver and Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit more in depth about the pros and cons of this decision. There's obviously, I think, good value weight on both sides of the argument. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season may be over, but you have the NBA season, MLB, and you have the NHL in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKDOWN. That's one word, LOCKDOWN. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Patrick, continuing on with our conversation here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos and your favorite podcast provider. Just a reminder, if you are a Colorado sports fan, you shouldn't only just be listening to Lockdown Broncos, but you should be listening to Lockdown Nuggets hosted by Adam Mades and Matt Moore. And the unfortunate news, I'm devastated because I'm, you know, I'm an NBA fan. I'm a Nuggets fan. I'm very devastated about the news of Jamal Murray tearing his ACL. What type of implications does this have on the Denver Nuggets season as they were really looking to get back to the Western Conference Finals and even compete for an NBA championship does this lessen their chances? Does it eliminate them completely? Listen to the latest episode, Locked On Nuggets, on your favorite podcast provider to check it out today. My man Adam Mattis and Matt Moore bring you the pick and roll action on all things Denver Nuggets on the Locked On NBA Network. But Patrick, continue our discussion on today's episode of the show. We we address the fact that uh, this was not a mutually exclusive decision. Not every player that was on that Zoom call with Brandon McManus, Justin Simmons, Malik Reed. Not every player was in agreement, right? And I think one of the first players that we saw verbally outspoken against it, Alexander Johnson. And I and I I want to kind of address this here because it is going to be a big talking point. Um, Alexander Johnson, you know, he he's got his beliefs, and I and I believe that every human being, and, and you listen to this podcast, everybody listening to this podcast has their own opinions and perspectives, and and I completely respect it, even if it's different from mine, right? They have the right to be able to voice their opinion. Um, however, Alexander Johnson's comments 
aren't going to go over very lightly, I think, with the team. I think with just in general with the public. I mean, the public perception was not very good um, and, and was very insensitive to the people that have lost a loved one. I mean, I think we all know somebody that's lost a loved one or we've lost one ourselves due to COVID-19. Um, it's very unfortunate. Um, you know, for him to say it's a planned pandemic, he's entitled to his right to, to think that right, but it does come across as very insensitive. Uh, does this really create any kind of strife in the locker room, Pat? I, I don't think it does, but I definitely think that, you know, you're going to, he's probably going to get some people to say, hey, man, and I don't know about that, but you should probably delete that. You know, what What are your quick thoughts on Alexander's comments? Like I said, now I want to be respectful to, you know, his perspective because he's got his own his own experiences that lead to that. I've got mine, you've got yours, the listeners got theirs. Uh, what are your thoughts on that in terms of every player not agreeing with this decision? Like you said, everybody's got their own opinion and they can choose whether or not they want to make it a, a public opinion, right? Yep. So as far as Alexander Johnson goes, you got to think about what's what exactly is going on in your community with the COVID cases rising again in Colorado with several team members having dealt with it or currently dealing with it. Uh, you know, even his coach, Ed Donatel was in the hospital for, yeah. for weeks with COVID-19. So it's, it, it is a sensitive subject. You know, you want to be careful of what you say. You're a public figure. You don't want to come across as arrogant or, or, you know, look, looking like a, an, an idiot really. So I think, it would be wise for some of his players, you know, some of his teammates to come out and say, Hey, you need to calm down. You need to take that down. We can talk about this behind closed doors, but you are representing the team. You're representing us as a group. Um, and I think that it would be wise for some of his teammates to kind of step in and just, just let them know how they feel. It's okay. Again, it's okay to have your own opinion. It, it's fine. But when it comes to representing the team, being a public figure, being someone that people look up to, you really have to be careful of what you say. You know, like you said, people have loved ones that have been affected by this. Whether you think that it's it's a planned pandemic or not, you still got to be careful about what you say as a member of the Denver Broncos football team. Well, let me ask you this too, you know, and like I said, I think, I think people love Alexander Johnson, right? The dinosaur, his, he's, he's a very fun player to watch. And, love and this has definitely soured, I think, a lot of people's opinions on him, which look, I don't lose sleep over, you know, the opinions that people have, you know, I don't think of them differently, you know, yeah, I'm like, you know, hey, I, I don't agree with you, but look, that's you, right? That's based on your experiences. So, you know, I'm hoping this is a, a learning moment, you know, maybe, maybe for him in terms of, you know, what you put out there in the public, but I'm not spend too much time on that, but let's get into the real topic of discussion right here to close out today's show, Pat. And, and that is, how does this impact the Broncos offseason preparation for 2021 and we talked about it there was a concern i think that many fans had that even though that players are deciding to opt out of the voluntary offseason program which means what's happening is they're opting out of having all players every player 90 players at the team facility working out together going through offseason conditioning and strength programs right because the nfl they haven't even released something yet and pat here's where i think that maybe the nfl dropped the ball and the NFLPA is really arguing this right now. The NFL should have come out and they said, hey, look, you know, offseason voluntary programs can start on April 19th for OTAs. However, there has to be specific groupings. Group A is maybe limited to 15 to 20 players. Group B, C, D, E, F, right? And then maybe they rotate throughout the building there and get a similar program. I think that would have been more well-receptive to players. I think it, the offseason program would have happened if that were the case. But the NFL has not done that. So that's where the issue comes in a hand here. For a Broncos team that I think defensively, I think they're, they'll be fine. 
me, and I, I think that we all share this concern here, looking at how young the offense is and how bad they struggled, and then being a 5-11 football team that needs the extra reps, extra practice, every player, I mean, even Drew Locke. Drew Locke has been at the team facility every single day that he's been in Denver. There's this group of people that are so, you know, he's in Cabo doing this. He's allowed to go on vacation for a week or so, right? He's been putting in work. But every day that he's been in Denver, folks, he has been at the team facility. And when he's in Missouri, he's working with his quarterback trainer, his personal trainer, working on quarterback technique and stuff like that. So he's putting in the work elsewhere. Players are putting in work. Um, My question to you, does this impact the Broncos in a negative manner that they're not going to be able to have this team-based voluntary program of getting guys at the facility and then maybe being able to go out on the field after conditioning and going through terminology? First of all, I loved that you brought up the grouping thing because that is exactly what the state of Washington had our football team do. We were only limited to we, – we couldn't have more than six people in a group we were all spread out. We had to be, I think it was 10 or 15 yards away from all the other groups. And we would just cycle between certain things during our OTA groups. And you had to use one ball, right? Per group. Each, <laughs> yeah. Each group one ball, one ball, ball per group, one coach per group, one coach per six players. Right. So when, uh, when everything loosened up, we were able to kind of, you know, make groups a little bit bigger inch by inch, but it, it, it affected us. It really did. It affected how we, uh, how we approached each game. It affected us on how we planned for our season and it showed on the field. I would be remiss to think that not having that ability to get on the field and get reps that would negatively affect the team. And and I said it last year, this is it's, it's very important that young players get these reps. Each rep is so valuable on the field. It's not just, studying the play oh you have to study the playbook and you have to know the verbiage and and you have to know how to draw up your no on-field reps are are 10 times more important than just knowing words and knowing what specific route you have on each play anything can happen in an nfl game you have to have that on-field experience to be able to translate it into game day I think it, it's sp- hard when you go straight from practice to a you know a game and oh, yeah. practice is limited enough as is. We didn't see practices last year to the normal nature of which how NFL practices are conducted. No, we didn't. And, and I definitely think that that had an effect on specifically Drew Locke's learning of the Pat Shermer offense, right? It's a it's an entirely new offensive scheme. Not being able to get those on-field reps really does hurt, especially for a quarterback. It's the quarterback. He's a curveball. What about the group of people? You know, what about the Chargers, though, right? The Chargers and Justin Herbert, their young rookie quarterback that was able to do what he did last season. How come they had success? I love it when people bring up Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert (laughs) during this this argument because it different system, different verbiage, different results. Different environment, too. Completely different environments. They're they're not the same. If you took Justin Herbert and you put him into the same situation as as Drew Locke, or you put him into the same situation as Joe Burrow, is he going to be successful? You can't say yes or no because you don't know. The, The environments are completely different. So I think for Drew Locke specifically, having to learn this, and it's a from what I've heard, it's a little bit more of a complicated offensive scheme. It, it, it can, tough. yeah, and it can be a lot harder when you're having to just rush your on-field reps instead of having, you know, that month or two months where you get those on-field reps and you can work over the little things 
day by day. I, I definitely think that it would have a negative impact. I don't want to make excuses for the guy because it's already been done, right? But but having the year already in this system, going into year two of this system, I think that there is a slight benefit there, but the on-field reps are still something that's needed. I do agree with you, Patrick, and, and thank you so much for your insight. You know, it's one reason I love having you on here, man. You and I, we get to share our experiences as former players, as coaches. We've been around football. We've been around football administration. We understand the workings of it, and I think that it's really important for any viewer that's watching this or listening to this podcast that they get that perspective as well, right? Because not everybody's played football, right? But I, you know, I think that we provide that perspective that even somebody that hasn't played football, they can see maybe maybe why we think this way, or maybe why players or teams did something this way. So thank you so much for your insight on today's episode, Lockdown Brock. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude today's episode of the show. You can expect more of myself, Patrick, our good friend Mario Vitanzi is going to join us at some point, hopefully this week here on the show as we continue to navigate through the offseason. The NFL draft is just about a week and a half away. We're going to have you covered here Locked on Broncos, but ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for today's episode of the show. I'm your host, as always, Cody Work. Speaking for my good friend Patrick Coyote. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode. Locked on Broncos.